Hello and welcome, Claire Attic here, and I am delighted that you are joining me for another episode of the Kids Activity Business Club podcast. And today we are going to be talking about the five must-haves in your terms and conditions to protect yourself. Growing a successful business that you love doesn't have to be difficult. You just need to master a few key principles, techniques and systems. Welcome to the Kids Activity Business Club podcast, your go-to place to learn how to grow and scale your business and make it work for you. I'll be sharing with you how, as a busy mum of three, I've grown my own small but mighty Kids Activity business, starting from scratch in 2015 and transforming it into a highly profitable six-figure business that gives me the financial reward and time freedom to work just four hours a month. You'll hear how I did it, the highs and lows, the obstacles I overcame and step-by-step strategies for how you can do it too. So if you want to fill up your classes, free up your time and get more profit in your pocket, then you're in the right place. I'm Claire Attic, and you're listening to the Kids Activity Business Club podcast. Let's get started. Terms and conditions, the really long legal blurb that you have to tick a box to accept before you buy something. Now, do you ever read them? Does it even matter what it says in them? Well, as a business owner, the answer is yes, it is really important what it says in your terms and conditions. They are your contract with your customer. If anything doesn't quite go to plan, this is the only document that truly protects you. So what should be in your terms and conditions? Now, in today's episode, I'm going to cover the five must-haves in your T's and C's, plus a few bonus extras of areas that you may also want to include depending on how you've set up your business. I'm also going to share with you what shouldn't be in your T's and C's, otherwise it could land you in a bit of a pickle. So let's get started then. So why must you take your terms and conditions seriously? It's definitely not the sexy part of setting up and running your business, but arguably it's one of the most important. It's, as I said before, your contract with the customer. It's the only thing that protects you in the event that a customer encounters a problem with your service. Now, they are so important that I even paid to get a solicitor to review mine to ensure that it was watertight. And this may be something that you want to consider too. Now, what I cover today is not a definitive list as it tends to vary a little bit from business to business, industry to industry. But I've put together what I think should be included in your kids activity business terms and conditions. Now, a disclaimer before we get started. Ultimately, it's always best to seek legal professional advice to ensure that your terms and conditions are complete, correct and watertight. The information I give today is for guidance only. So first up is to give a really clear definition of the service or product that you are providing, exactly what you'll be offering. So there's no confusion when it comes to what a customer believes that they will be getting and what you will be providing. Now, it may be good here to include um, what you as a business owner have the right to change. So, for example, in my terms and conditions, we say that that we have the right to change the teacher as necessary. If we have somebody going off sick or if somebody leaves the business, we have the right to change the teacher and so on. It also might be a good idea to put when the contract is deemed to be active. So is it upon the receipt of your first payment? Is it on acceptance of the terms and conditions? 
So have a look at your own booking process and see when that contract is deemed to be active in your eyes. Next up, you want to include a section on your customer obligation. So what's their side of the deal? What do you expect from them? So here I generally include expected conduct and behaviour, especially in relation to things like safety and also the enjoyment of other customers in the class. This gives you more leverage to be able to deal with disruptive or unacceptable or dangerous behaviour in the class by either the parents or the child to ensure the safety of themselves and others. Um, you may want to include here something about their attire. So if a particular kit or safety equipment is requirement, they need to be aware of this and agree to this. You want to give them the consequences of not adhering to their obligations. So, for example, you reserve the right to ask any person to leave. You also want to make sure that it's their responsibility to supply you with up to date and accurate medical information for all participants upon request and to keep you up to date with any changes. So if a parent also attends the class with the child or as participants or spectators, if you need to get their medical information too. Next up, you want a section about your payment terms. So when do you expect payment? What are the consequences of not paying on time? And also how will future payments be taken? So are you going to um, invoice each, time, each term um, or are you going to have some kind of direct debit system set up? So you need to make sure that parents are aware of those payment terms in the contract. The next section that you should consider including in your T's and C's is one for class cancellations and refunds. Now, this is a biggie and it's the area that your customers are most likely to comb over. So you must get it right. You must be black and white. Now, there's one of three scenarios to consider when thinking about class cancellations and refunds. First one, what if you as a business owner cancels the class? You need to work out whether you're going to automatically refund. So refund that session that you've cancelled or will you offer an alternative session or a credit note which the customer can then request to be refunded if they choose not to rebook? As I said, be black and white here only include your legal response. The next scenario to consider is what if your customer cancels? Now, you need to decide whether individual classes can be cancelled. If so, how much notice do you need? Will this be a credit note to be taken off future bookings or will it be a refund? Or are the classes non-refundable? Or are there certain circumstances you'd consider allowing one-off cancellations, such as hospital admissions, broken bones, family bereavement, etc.? Again, consider your legal response. Now, in my business, it's black and white. We do not allow cancellations per our terms and conditions. However, in reality, if a customer wants to cancel due to something really serious, then we use our discretion. The third scenario that you need to consider with cancellations is if your customer wants to cancel not just a single class, as we've just discussed, but a whole block of classes. And again, there's two scenarios within this one, if they request to cancel before the term has started or if they actually request to cancel midterm. Now, you need to consider the consumer contracts regulations, which was previously called the distant selling regulations for this. If your service isn't taking place on specific dates, for example, a customer just buys 10 credits, you'll need to allow them 14 days from the date of the purchase to cancel. If you've provided a class during that time, then the refund can be prorated based on how many classes they attended during the time. However, if your customer buys specific classes on specific dates, 
then they do not have the right to cancel. So there is quite a, a subtle legal difference there. So if your classes are taking place on specific dates, they won't have the right to cancel. If they're not on specific dates, they've just bought a block to be taken at some point in the future, then you do need to allow that 14 days um, of, of cancellation right. However, even if they don't legally have a right to cancel, this is something you may still wish to offer. Perhaps if they cancel a certain time period before the block of classes start. Don't forget, if this is the case, you are entitled to charge a cancellation fee. You will have costs for cancellation. I know on my system, um, I will have admin costs. I'll also have payment provider fees, processing time, so on. So just make sure that you state in your terms and conditions what the maximum administration fee of cancellation that you may charge so that they are aware. Don't forget as well to be specific with how a customer can request a refund. We put in our terms and conditions that it needs to be made in writing. So if a customer mentions it to a teacher at the end of the lesson, it's likely to be lost or forgotten and you've got no audit trail in place that this request was made. So making sure that they have to write to you to request the refund, then that makes you a little bit more watertight. Now, just leading on from this section, you might want to consider putting something in there about how you will process refunds. So, for example, when can a customer expect a refund from you? Now, you don't have to refund it instantly. Pop in your timescales, your expected timescales in the terms and conditions so that they're not chasing you a couple of hours after requesting it. And yes, this does happen. We have cases where a customer has asked for a refund and they're really shocked that it's not in their bank account within an hour of requesting it. Um, also be really clear. So our payment provider, once we've requested the payment refund to go ahead, it can take five to 10 working days to then reach their account. So make sure that this is specified um, so that there's no confusion on the customer's part. In our terms and conditions, we also include a section on how long unused credits will remain active. At the beginning, we didn't have this clause in place and we found that we had credits going back years and years, but we didn't feel that we could cancel them because we hadn't put a time limit on them when we created the credit. However, all our credits are now time bound. So if they're not used within a certain period of time, then they are deleted from the system and no longer hold any value. As I mentioned, this is likely to be the section that you are most frequently pulled up on. So make it black and white, no wiggle room, be very explicit. If you then choose to flex them later on in the customer's favour at your discretion, then that's completely your decision. But make sure they're black and white up front so there's no confusion or bad feeling. So moving on to the final non-negotiable section that I think should be in your terms and conditions, and that's the legal bits. And I'm going to put those in air quotes. I'm not a legal expert, but these are the bits that I believe should be in your contract. Legal bits you may want to be thinking about are things like defining your terms. For example, when I refer to my business name, it includes the officers, directors, employees, shareholders, agents and any other third party entity acting for or on behalf of the company. Don't forget, you may have agency teachers and they need to be able to enforce the customer obligations part. You won't have some kind of limitation of liability for your business in there a section on force majeure, variations, your terms and conditions. You know, you've got the right to change those T's and C's. Something about severance and the governing law and jurisdiction. Now, that's all legal jargon. I would strongly encourage you, as I mentioned at the beginning, to make sure you consult a legal professional to make sure you have those legal bits in your contract to ensure that it is watertight and enforceable in a court of law. Now, in my eyes, those five areas, defining your service or product, your customer obligations, 
your payment terms, your class cancellation and refunds and the legal bits. Those are all non-negotiable and your contractor will be very weak without them. However, I've got a few extras that may also be sensible to pop into. If you're running any offers, perhaps a free gift on joining, sibling discount, recommend a friend scheme, that kind of thing, consider including the rules of these offers in your terms and conditions and make sure you include a section that says that you have a right to remove any offers or change any offers without notice, just to give yourself that protection. If you've got any rules regarding photography and filming, also make these clear in your T's and C's. Now, your customers taking photos might fall under the customer obligations section we chatted about earlier, but if you want to take photographs as well, you need to make sure that you are explicit about this in your T's and C's. Now, if you're using an image of a customer for marketing purposes, always get explicit permission before and retain the evidence of that permission before using the photograph. Don't rely on general acceptance of the T's and C's. Make sure you've got that explicit permission separately. But this kind of just covers you in case you want to use images or videos for training purposes, internal purposes and so on. You may want to include a section about personal property um, stating that all personal property is left at the venue, including the car park, entirely at the owner's risk. This then protects you from claims being made in the event that something goes walkabouts during the lessons. If you don't include it in your TNCs, then you may want to pop up some signs to the same effect at your venue just to make sure that you're covered. Now, one other section that we include in our T's and C's that I thought I would mention is to do with safeguarding, that we pop in something in our T's and C's about that. Now, depending on the nature of classes you run, you may want to put something in regarding the possible need for physical contact between a teacher and a child. So, for example, in our swimming classes, contact is something sometimes required for safety reasons. But we put reassurance in there that it's always done in a professional manner and that all teachers have completed relevant safeguarding training or something to, to that effect anyway. So that might be something that you want to consider as an extra in your T's and C's. So that is some of the things that you may want to include. What are some of the things that you shouldn't include in your T's and C's? Well, I've kind of hinted at it already, but you don't want to be including your nice to haves here in the T's and C's. This is a legal document. It's enforceable in a court of law. So let's use catch up classes as an example. Now, Catch-up classes is something my business offers, but we don't put any right to a catch-up class um, by including them in our T's and C's. They're generally considered by most businesses as a nice to have, an extra, a gesture of goodwill. We have a policy about it to make sure our customers know about it, but it doesn't come in those T's and C's. Your T's and C's are part of your contract with the customer, can be taken to court. If you stated to your customer say they can have up to two catch-up sessions each term, you haven't honoured that, then those T's and C's have been breached on your part and you can get into trouble. So only include the legal bits, the bits you need to protect you and your business. So there we have it, the five must-haves in your T's and C's, plus a few bonus areas that you may also want to include depending on how your business is set up. I hope you found that helpful and that it inspires you at least to go back and review your current terms and conditions, making sure they've got all those recommended bits. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Take care and bye for now. If you're loving the Kids Activity Business Club podcast, I want to invite you to register for my free workshop, 
how to sell out your classes. In this live 60-minute online workshop, learn what works and what doesn't when it comes to filling up your kids' activity classes. I'll be giving away some golden nuggets of information that will truly transform the way you think about making sales. Sign up now at claireattec.com forward slash fill up. That's claireattec.com forward slash fill up to save your seat. It's completely free and I can't wait to see you there. If you found today's episode useful, then please press the follow tab where you found this podcast to make sure you don't miss out on any new episodes. And don't forget to rate and review it too, as it will make all the difference in helping other people find it. Thanks for listening. Take care and bye for now.